Let's all stand up and let's uh, begin by praising him. We're going to wake you up this morning. There's revival and it's spreading like a wildfire in my heart. Sunday morning, hallelujah, and it's lasting all week long.
you know what? Turn to everybody around you and say good morning. I'm glad you're here. And then tell them, ain't nothing going to steal my joy.
Imagine what it's like to have darkness bow. Did you ever think of that? That darkness has to bow to Jesus, to our Father. I can't make darkness bow. That's not going to happen. But man, the fact that it has to bow, pretty awesome. We have an amazing, amazing God. It's pretty awesome to see how He. He has a history with all of us. We all have a history with him. We read about his history through the word that he left behind, but oh my gosh, if you look back in your own life and you see how he carried you in those spots, it's pretty awesome to see that. So we can always look back and see. Remember that footprints in the sand poem? Remember that? And how we can always see his footprints even when we don't feel him there? That's the evidence he leaves behind. That's what this song's about. We introduced it to you guys last week, but I really want you to think about that as you sing the lyrics and you think about what he's done in your life. He's so good. Let's welcome him in this morning. Would you pray with me? Lord Jesus, Father, Holy Spirit, we thank you for waiting for us this morning. Good morning to you, Father. We love you with all of our hearts. And Lord, we, we come into this building all together, but all of us in different places. And you know what those places are. 
and you know each of our history because you've walked every single road with us. Even when we may have pushed you away or ignored you, you've been there. So Lord, in this space right now, we want to ask you to come in. We want you to fill this place with your spirit. We want you to be here, be our honored guest. We want to honor you with what's in our hearts, our praise in our hearts, Jesus. And sometimes it's really hard to praise in places that we're in. But Lord, you're still good through it all. You're still working. And Father, we just thank you for being here today. So we, as your kids, want you to know we're glad that you're here. We want you to move freely. We want you to work in us, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for hearing our prayer in Jesus' name.
sing that chorus again together. guys can sit down. We're going to do a, we're going to introduce a, another new song to you. God's just been revealing himself so much. And it's so neat to see how he's doing that. And uh, this, this new song, we want to teach it to you guys this morning and you can kind of soak it up right now. But um, I wanted to read some scripture to you that I thought was pretty powerful. It's, it's uh, King Jehoshaphat and how the only weapon that he had, does anybody know what it was? It was praise. He sang praise. That was it. And it says here, Then Jehoshaphat knelt down, bowing with his face to the ground. All Judah and Jerusalem did the same, worshiping God. The Levites stood to their feet to praise God and the God of Israel. And they praised him at the top of their lungs. When was the last time we praised at the top of our lungs? To where we squeaked. Have you ever squeaked? Because you've just said, thank you, Jesus, so loud that it just made your voice crack. I do that a lot. Because <laughs> I'm always cracking somewhere. But um, it's pretty awesome to see how God works. And you know what? Even during the tough stuff, he does a lot. Our family has lost three dear people in the last week. We had one of them was 42 years old, and she was taken home, standing, doing her hair. She collapsed, and she was with Jesus. The next one was my cousin, who died at 58 from early onset Alzheimer's. And then the day before yesterday, we lost a dear man whose wife was taken from his the, the mother of his children was taken when they were really little, and then he was taken from them yesterday. And it broke our hearts because we love all these people so much. But they are with Jesus. They have that hope of being with him, even though it's really a bummer being the ones left behind. But oh my gosh, to think of them standing before Jesus. And we get to stand and praise and worship him all the time, and do we take advantage of that? Are we practicing for when we get to stand before him? So even though things have been difficult for some dear friends of ours and our family, it's pretty awesome to know that when we praise God, when there's nothing else we can do, because we're kind of in a place where we're just like, man, Lord, this is the third one this week. This is rough. And he's like, Lori, just praise me. That's all you need to do. So we've been just saying, you know what, Lord, you're good. Because they're with you. And it's just awesome to see how he works that way. So to remember to praise him and all of that. And to use that as our weapon when we have nothing else. And to use that as, as him just taking over is awesome. 
we're going to introduce this song to you and just let it minister to you this morning.
just thank you for your presence. Thank you, Father, for taking care of us. And thank you for each person here, Lord. Father, you come in and you move. You do what it is that you want to do here, Lord, and accept everything that we give back to you today, Jesus, from our deepest parts of our heart, whether that's offering, whether that's praise through words, whether it's praise through song, whether if it's just sitting there because we have nothing to give. Lord, I know you'll take it. Father, thank you for being over it all. Thank you for being so big that you can reach us and we're, we're so small. But Lord, you are good. We love you and we welcome you here and we want you to be here. So you take over now. Love on your kids. Strengthen the ones that need strength, Lord. Encourage the ones that need encouragement. Love on the ones that don't feel loved. This is your place. This is your home. This is your church. These are your kids. We love you. Thank you, Lord. And all God's people said, Good morning, Cliff. Good morning. Well, I walked out on my front porch today. Gonna wonder what it's like. Right. I'm, again, I gotta hold it up here. Someday I'm going to learn to put it up here. Anyway, beautiful this morning. It. If you were in a bad mood, you couldn't be in one right now. I want to welcome our guests, and we have a unique assortment of guests today. And I use that word assortment because there's some people from Ohio, Nebraska, Oregon, and I've missed one, Colorado. Do we have anybody here from Colorado? <laughs> welcome. The pastor would love to meet you after the service right up here, and we hope that uh, you take advantage of that. He likes to meet everybody that comes in. Uh, a couple of other little announcements. Uh, you might notice that some of our youth aren't here today. They're off in camp. That's a really good place for them to be at this point. The other thing is we have a number of projects going on. If you would like to find out anything about those projects, instead of taking the time up here, because Lori won't let me do that, uh, I'll be out by the cafe. So after church, you want to find out what's going on with the gutters that are leaking, uh, this is happening and that is happening, the wonderful holes that begin to develop out in the parking lot, I'll share with you where we're at. At this particular time, I would like to call up Mackenzie. Can I have all the kids come up here? Any kids who want to come? We're going to do a little something. It's good seeing all of your awesome faces. You guys can sit right here if you want. Cool. Everyone's got summer clothes on. Be kids, you want to sit back here? Feel free. Welcome. 
How's everyone's summer so far? Yeah? You guys having fun? Yes? Anything in particular that's been a favorite so far? Went to the swimming pool, to Fun Valley. What about you guys? Are you visiting Colorado? Do you like it? Yeah? It's pretty fun, huh? Cool. Well, um, we're going to watch a little video in a minute because we, we have VBS coming up. Do you guys know what that is? What does that stand for? Jesus, yeah, Vacation Bible School, right, where we're going to learn more about Jesus. So good job. So um, our theme this year, it's going to be the first week in August, and it's called Treasured and Knowing That You Are Priceless to God. So what does the word treasure mean to you? It can mean lots of different things. Thanks for raising your hand. Jordan, go ahead. What does treasure mean? You forgot? Auburn, what does treasure mean to you? Jesus' love. Good job. All the fruits of the spirits that we've been learning about, huh? Cool. Um, what else does treasure mean to you guys? It can mean other stuff. What do you guys treasure? What's some of your favorite things that you guys treasure? Do you have a favorite stuffed animal, favorite toy, favorite, I don't know. What do you guys like? You have a favorite stuffed animal? Emily, what's your favorite stuffed animal name? Our bears? Your favorite stuffed animal, Cece, so you really like that a lot? Okay. Oh, just a second. Auburn? A big dog is your stuffed animal. Okay. Lakeland? It's a unicorn? Cool. How about you? What's your favorite treasure? You got a lot. Can you pick one? You can have a pet sloth. Oh, pet sloth. That would be, especially if it was real, huh? That would be a cool treasure. Yeah, so do you know that God, like, treasures you guys, like, a lot? Like, even more than your moms and dads, your grandmas and grandpas, your sisters, your brothers. Like, he treasures you so, 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 so much. Like, that's huge, Right? Is that, like, super a lot? Mm -hmm. as big as this world. As big as this world, yeah. And one cool thing is he knew you were coming to this earth before even your mom and dad did. What do you think about that? Even before your grandma and grandpa's, yep, he knew that you were going to be here and when you were going to be here. How cool is that? And so in Psalms 138, 13 through 14... It says, for you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. And your eyes saw me, my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. And he even knows all the hairs on your head. How many hairs on your head do you think you have? Like thousands. Yeah, he knows all of them. How many you got? I know. Yep, because he's I awesome like that. A hundred. So, can you, can you, can you, can you, can you so I actually have something in my treasure chest, so if you guys want to, if you, yeah, true. Okay, can you pass those out to everybody? Just give everybody one. Yeah, everybody. 
Okay, so you guys can open up your bags. So what do you see in there? So you see a mirror, you see rocks. They're kind of pretty, right? Do they kind of look like treasure? I, I, can't, I can't afford real treasure, so you guys get pretend treasure. <laughs> It'll still be fun. So can you guys get out the mirror for me? Can you get it out? They're all different. How fun is that? Yeah, they're all pretty. So if you can get out your mirrors, okay, look in your mirror. You see yourself? They're kind of tiny, but you can move it around. So anytime that you guys feel like sad or frustrated or you're upset or you're just having a bad day, if you look in this mirror, you can remember that this is God looking back at you and reminding you how much of a treasure that you are and how much he loves you, okay? So you promise to keep this in a special place? Maybe by your bed or your bathroom. And, and you guys can pray to him anytime. You can talk to him anytime. And just remember that you are always a treasure to him no matter what. Okay? All right? You guys want to put your stuff back in your bag? And then you can come over here with me and I'll give you guys binders, okay? So you can have those. Can we give a round of applause for our awesome kids? Because they are true treasures for sure. Harry, do you want to come up at this point? Uh, most everybody you probably knows Harry and his wife. He's probably the oldest living person from the Salvation Army. <laughs> I'm not as old as he is, but uh, aren't our children treasures? They're a gift to us. Would the ushers come, please? And shall we pray? Our Father, we are grateful for your love for us. Your grace abounds in just wonderful, wonderful ways. Now bless this offering. We give it to you. In Christ's name, amen. To embark on an epic quest. Nothing better forgiven and chosen forever. And discover God's greatest treasure. I am a treasure. Vacation Bible School, Discovering Your Priceless to God, is going to be on Monday, August 2nd through Thursday, August 5th. The Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday dates will be from 4.15 to 6.30 p.m. This is for kids preschool through fifth grade. 
We'll be following up our fun celebration of having a children's program, a meal together, and entertainment for all parents and church family to come to on Thursday the 5th from 6 p.m. to 7.30. Please watch for sign-up sheets, how to register, and volunteer help coming up soon. Good morning, church. It's good to see everybody here today. Glad you are with us. And for those who are joining us online, we are glad to have you with us as well. Um, need to know that we actually are getting started with some new things with our online service as well. Um, we have uh, the ability now to switch between this screen and the camera, and more is to come. Uh, so uh, for those of you who have to stay at home, uh, they can't be here, we're glad that we were able to provide a better experience for you there. Uh, today, I um, want to start with a word of prayer, and I also want to ask you, if you would turn to Acts chapter 3, we are going to continue with our series uh, through Acts, and we are in chapter 3, we will be starting in verse 1, but uh, before we begin there, let's, uh, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you today for your goodness to us. We thank you, God, for the opportunity to be here, to praise your name, to uh, encourage one another, to share your love uh, through kind words and through actions and, uh, and through serving. We thank you, Lord, for this great opportunity that we have together. But we also thank you, God, that the opportunity we have doesn't end here, but it continues to move forward as we find ourselves in the midst of this community in the midst of places where you have helped us to have the uh, time to rub shoulders with people who don't know you as Lord and Savior. Remind us, Lord, that we're always on a mission, and we thank you, God, that you have met our greatest need. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, today, uh, I, I just really enjoyed um, what Mackenzie did with the kids, and uh, she, has, uh, she left me one of the gifts, too, because I don't want to be left out. And, uh, but one of the greatest treasures, uh, and I, I picked up on something that you probably picked up on as well. We kind of, you know, chuckled and laughed, but, but when Mackenzie asked the kids, what does VBS stand for? You remember what was said? Loud and clear. Jesus. Yeah, I, it reminded when, you know, when I was in Sunday school, our teacher would say, well, you know, okay, so what, there's a creature I want you to think of, and it's, you know, just brown and furry, has a long, bushy tail. What? It's Jesus! Well, how do you, you know, you're in Sunday school, what are you going to say? No? You know, and, and, but the truth is, is that child probably has a lot that they could teach me and you. Because I don't care what your question is. There is only one answer. Do you hear me? It's Jesus. I don't care what your question is. There is only one answer. It's Jesus. I don't have this happen very often, thankfully, but uh, I've prepared this week and, and uh, have my full notes here and this morning woke up early and i just sense god saying um not a different scripture but there's one point that i want you to really stick with this morning matt 
okay, Lord, so I have a little bit of those butterflies happening in my stomach. But, but I start with this understanding is that we all have a need. Every one of us has a need. And if I were to ask you today, maybe if we were just one-on-one, we were having coffee, or if you were sitting down with your best friend, and they were to ask you specifically, what what do you believe your greatest need is? What would you say? How would you identify that need? If we went around this morning and each one of us were to answer that question, it would take quite a while if we were really honest about what we sensed our, our need is. But, but a lot of us would probably say something like, money is our need. Man, if we just had more money, that just makes the world go round, right? You know, um, We could just pay off our student debts or take care of that mortgage or that medical bill. Those are all true needs, things that need to happen. But many of us would probably say our need is financial. There are others that may say, you know, our, our need is relational. We, we have a relationship issue or struggle or we're having marriage problems or, or problems maybe um, in our dating life or our family problems, problems with the parents, problems with kids, problems with coworkers. We need to find reconciliation. We need to find, uh, we want to feel loved. Uh, there might be some here who might say that's my greatest need. Some of us would identify time, possibly, as our need. Man, if I just had a little more time to deal with, I I can't buy more time. If I just had a little more time here on earth to to take care of this situation or that or, or to do or to write or maybe some of us would say and identify time as our greatest need. We come to Acts chapter 3, and there's a man there that we meet with the disciples, and he has been advertising what he believes to be his greatest need for a long time. Let's read about that together. Acts chapter 3, we will begin in verse 1, if you want to open your Bibles or go to your phones or tablets, whatever you have. But it says, one day Peter and John were going up to the temple. It was at the time of prayer, about three in the afternoon. Now a man who uh, was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful. He was put there every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him as did John, and then Peter said, look at us. (laughs) So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Walk. That's the next word. Taking him up by the right hand, He helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went to them and to the temple, went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened 
to him. I read this and I think, man, have you ever found yourself in that place? Where maybe you have been with an individual who may have been going through the same issue. Maybe it's you yourself or maybe a spouse or a child or a parent. or You have been walking with someone year after year after year and they have a need and it seems to be very apparent to everyone And when they ask of you to help with that need, what is your answer? I had an individual at the church where I once pastored, and she was a nurse. She said to me, she said, Pastor, she said, there have been several pastors, including the chaplain of the hospital, who have been trying to work with this individual he is a tough cookie. Uh, he is a Vietnam vet, uh, very hardened, had some issues from his time in Vietnam that actually caused him to have cancer, very bitter. And he said, she said to me, everyone who's come to visit him, he has thrown out a couple times, gotten up and physically thrown them out, pushed them out of his room. Would you be willing to come and try? <laughs> well, she said, I know your heart. She said, would you try? And I would be honest with you, I was a little nervous. I was like, okay, I will try. So I walked in that day. I, I didn't have my Bible in my hands. I had jeans and, and just a regular shirt on. I walked into his, or to his door and I said, hey, my name is Matt. And and I mentioned the nurse's name. And I said, she just asked me if I would come and could come and visit. I said, I, I'm her pastor. But I said, I'm just here to just get to know you. And he looked at me and he wouldn't say a word. <laughs> so I, I just stayed there. And slowly, I just talked with him about the day, about the weather, the, you know, mundane stuff. And slowly I made my way over to the chair that was near his bed, and I just sat down, expecting any moment for this guy to erupt because he was not saying a word to me. And I continued to talk, again, about things that just didn't matter much about anything. He didn't say a word. I stood up finally to go, and I said, well, it's great just spending a little time with you. And I said, uh, it would it be okay if I prayed before I go? No. I heard a word. <laughs> I said, I understand. I'll be praying for you after I leave. And I left. When I had the next opportunity, I came back. This time, he seemed a little bit... Uh, different. His demeanor was a little different, and he actually asked me to come in. And we began this relationship. It was months of a relationship. I didn't go in and talk to him immediately about his need. To him, his need was quite obvious. I need to be well. 
Eventually, he asked me if I would pray for him and with him there. But he said, I don't ever want to hear about death from you. That was not an option. Well, what do you want me to pray about? I asked him, and he said, well, I would like you to pray. You know, I have, my lungs are filled with cancer. Yeah, I had exposure in Vietnam. I, 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 I want to be well. I want to walk out of here. So I began to pray with him based on what he felt his need, his greatest need was. And we prayed, and we prayed. I spoke to him about my relationship with Jesus Christ. And he just looked at me. I spoke to him about how Christ had met my greatest need, and I began to share with him what that had been and my testimony. And, and I finally got a call from the nurse. Pastor, it's not looking good. He just took a major downturn today. I don't know if he's going to make it through this day. Would you come and just be there? And, and so I came and his room was at the end of a hallway, and his bed was in such a way that if, as I'm walking down the hallway, he could see me from his bed, that, that door was open so that he could see. He had family that was gathered in there, and I came in, and I had my Bible, and, uh, and he had been okay with me having my Bible, reading some scriptures to him. We had developed a relationship, and... As I walked in, he saw me when I was about halfway to his room, walking down the hall, and he began to scream at me, no, no, you, no, get away. It was awkward to say the least with his family that I haven't met before. And I went ahead and I walked on in and I, I called him by name and I'm like, I'm just here, I'm here just to be, no, I know why you're here and I'm not going to die. And so right then and there, though he was yelling and though it was awkward, I always told him, I said, your greatest need, your greatest need is Jesus. You need Jesus. You're going to meet Jesus. And he was angry and he was so he was small. He was a skin and bone, but he was coming up out of his bed. And the family asked, could, could you just step back? And I understood. And I went to the chapel and I prayed. And as I prayed in the chapel, he passed away. They came to me, the family afterwards, and they said, you're the only person in our life that we've ever really known. It's a pastor. They could not remember even their great-grandparents going, ever going to a church and uh, had no background in the church. And, and said, would you do this funeral for us? Well, sure. And that was, a, an, an, it was an experience. But we did this together. And after the funeral, I went to their house where I knew they, it was his house. And I knew they were going to be gathering and it was this beautiful, big Victorian home, and it had wraparound porches. And I walked up on the porch, went on in as the door was already open, and I already knew some of the people there, and they were completely drunk. I mean, just as drunk as you can get. I walked in, and I sat down. I didn't say anything. I just wanted to be present. 
Because sometimes, folks, what we may not realize is that in the midst of all of our hardships, in the midst of all of our ups and our downs, that God, through Christ and the power of his Holy Spirit, is always present. So I wanted to practice that presence of God in the midst of this time with them. I sat down. I didn't say anything. They were pretty rowdy. <laughs> and as I sat down, they stopped and they just looked at me. And one guy got up, and I mean, I could tell he was well uh, inebriated <laughs> at that point. And he pointed in my face. You said in that funeral that God loved him. If God loved him, then how could this happen? Why would he let my brother die? Well, you all would know the answer to that right off. I didn't. How do I answer that question? I said, I don't, I don't know all the answers you're looking for. But I do believe that God loved and loves you and loves him. Don't give me that. And I can't ex you know, express everything that was expressed there. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. And, uh, and so I sat there in their midst. And I began to share with them. Have you ever spoke to God? Have you ever just sat and prayed to him? And so they, this individual who was most outspoken, I've never prayed. I don't believe in God. Okay. Well, I went through the process of sharing with them. Here's how I know that Jesus loves you. And in that room, full of drunk people, um, <clears throat> Beautiful, beautiful home with people who are broken beyond words, no hope, didn't have any background with Christ. I started in Genesis. And I said, there's someone who created you. And what I did with them was exactly what Mackenzie was doing with the kids is I wanted them to look in the mirror of God's love for them. And so I started in Genesis and I began to tell them how much God loves you, how much he cares about you. And I said, you know, even to the point where when we thought, when human, humans thought, you know what, we know better than God. He loved us enough and he's the author of freedom. So freedom reigned even in that moment. And we made decisions that shouldn't have been made, but they were made just like Sometimes it is with your kids, I said to them. You know, you sometimes have to let them make a decision as they are maturing. But that wasn't the way that it was supposed to be because I said this was this beautiful harmony between God and his creation. And then we thought we could do better and improve on it. We messed up. And, and then I took them all the way to where Jesus came to earth. I shared with them, this is what Christmas is about. They hadn't heard, I mean, the real Christmas story. And we talked about Christmas together. 
And they were asking crazy questions. <laughs> and I'm thinking, these people are not going to remember anything I say when I leave here. But I shared Jesus anyway. One lady stopped me near the end as I was sharing why Jesus died on the cross and how even though we've made dumb decisions, his blood is shed for our forgiveness. Before she spoke, though, another individual I forgot said to me, I don't believe in sin. I'm a good person. Now, this wasn't too long after 9-11. Most of you probably remember that. And I said, you remember what happened that day when so many men and women from all different backgrounds died? I said, that, I would say, is evil. Would you say that is evil? Oh, yes. That's sin. Well, I'm a good person. I don't sin. Have you ever been angry with someone? Have you ever told somebody off verbally or in, under your breath? Have you ever hated someone? You were just so angry you just hated them? Well, of course, everybody does that. That's sin. Well, I give to the Salvation Army on Christmas. They're ringing out there. I do good, thi I do good things. I know. Good people die and go to hell all the time. And I thought, I'm losing them right now. But I eventually, when I said to him, have you ever lusted over a woman in your life? Well, yeah. Well, that's sin. Jesus said, if you, if you say something hateful, if you think something hateful, it's like murder. If you lust over a woman, it's like committing adultery. And I went through parts of the Sermon on the Mount with them and next thing I know, a woman stood up and she said, Pastor, you're the only pastor we've ever known. And she said, our brother told us the only reason why he didn't throw you out like he did all the others was because you, when you walked in that door, you didn't tell him he had to reinvent himself or remake himself, or redo himself, or tell him how bad of a person he is, you came in with your arms wide open. And you loved him right where he was at. And you accepted him. And he, she said, and the genes helped too. <laughs> she said everyone else came in with a Bible, and they're like, okay, do you know where you're going to be going tonight if you die? There's nothing wrong with that, by the way. We want everyone to know, Right? But he didn't know what his need was because he had the same issue that you and I have in our lives. The issue is this, is we underestimate our need. We underestimate our need. We think, well, I'm, I'm pretty good. Well, I'm going to tell you I'm no good at all. I'm the worst person you've ever, ever, ever laid eyes on without Jesus. Without Jesus, I would be a complete, utter mess, a complete wreck. And what 
Peter and John were doing right here was they were reminding this man who thought his greatest need was just, I just need to walk. And that was a true need. Yes, we all agree with that. It was a true need. But why did they heal him to get up and walk? Well, I'm not going to go through the whole thing because I don't want to keep you too awful long. But if you read the next 10 verses, you're going to find out that it was so that they would understand that their need, their real need, was for Jesus. And he asked them, repent of your sins. Repent of the issues that you have in your life because the real need that is at stake here is not whether this man got up or walked or anything else like that. It's the fact that we, because of our sins, crucified God on the cross and we need him as our Lord and our Savior. Do not underestimate your need for Jesus Christ. So when you say, or may think, oh man, what a crazy guy that's up there. You're right, without Jesus I'm a crazy mess. And so are you. Amen. <laughs> I'll help. We can underestimate. But here's the thing that Jesus never underestimated our need. And he gave the ultimate sacrifice. And sometimes, I don't know about you, but I have found myself, you, you talk about me being a crazy mess and all. Yeah, I, I, I am. I, if, I, if I didn't know Jesus, I guarantee you, I would go to all kinds of different things to get the answer. I would probably be drunk right there with them, you know, around that dining room table. I would probably, you know, have looked, you know, well, you know what, if we could just legalize marijuana, everything will be great. If we, you know, I'll take that. I mean, if, if maybe we can try this, or maybe I'll try that. I'll just Google it. I'll try to figure out how, what my, how do I take care of my greatest need. If the government would just give me a few more dollars, everything will be fine. No. My greatest need is Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ alone. And so I, I come to this point, and I say to you, when you get to that place, and some of you have smiling faces this morning that are looking back at me, and some not. <laughs> but you have a face that hides what is maybe happening right here. And instead of trying to think, well, you know what, if I can just do this in my life, if I can just do that in my life, if I... Wouldn't it be better to go to the one who has the answers? My daughter was married, my middle daughter, Faith, was married last weekend. It was a beautiful wedding. Um, we had chucked out an amount of money to help with that. <laughs> and, and two days before her wedding, my daughter says to me, Dad, can I borrow the car? Sure. Here you go. She borrows Mom's car, and she goes down to the Walmart. Don't worry, she's fine with me sharing this. And she's like, Dad, she gets, calls me when she gets to Walmart. Dad, the car sounds awful. And I had just 
I had just drove it into the driveway, handed her the keys. It was, it was running just fine. I'm like, what in the world? And she began to tell me, and I knew exactly what she had done. And so I went down to Walmart. I said, you need to meet me at the car. So I met her at the car, and I showed her where the, it, was an auto, it is an automatic. And I showed her, you know, you bring it down the drive. I said, but if you push it over into this spot, that's manual. And you have to see what that plus sign is and that minus sign is. If you, you have to do it by yourself. Well, she had pushed it all the way over there, but never pushed the stick after that. Went to Walmart in first gear. Dad, that one one was way up there. I was like, yeah, probably seven, 8,000 RPM. I start the car. Oh my God, it was a totally different car. It didn't hardly, I'm like, okay, hon, we're gonna try to get home. We, we get back on 24, and right about where we got to the Mayflower, you know, just there at Walgreens and all, the car said, I give up, and it was done. Thankfully, there wasn't a mile of traffic because of Memorial Day weekend tourists, you know, coming up. Yes, there was. And, uh, and, but thankfully, I had my truck behind her, and, and uh, I got a lesson in all kinds of new words and gestures, and, and, uh, but my daughter was shielded. And here comes the police officer. We got it taken care of. And, and when I called about it, they said there could be a recall on that vehicle. Well, can I just take it to a local mechanic? Well, no, you can't. You got to take it to the Kia dealership because they're the ones who made that car. You've got to take it to them. So we took it to them. When you look into that mirror you might want to borrow from one of those children that were up here. When I look in that mirror, I see a reflection of my creator. And so do you. When I look at you, I see a reflection of your creator. And sometimes my life and your life is broken. There's areas that are broken. Some of us never want to admit it. We'll say, no, everything's fine with me. I'm perfect. I don't sin. I don't have any problems. I'm, you know, I'm beyond all of that. Whatever. You, God and you can take care of that. But here's the thing. For the rest of us, we're broken. We have issues. We have struggles. But I look into that, and then it reminds me when I look into the mirror, there's only one place I can go because going anywhere else is taking it to a place where I wasn't created from. If I have a question about my heart and my soul, why would I go to, you know, why would I go to Lori? She's a mess. <laughs> why would I go to her? Oh, now we're getting some action going. Yeah. You know, why, why would I go to Chris? You know, he's, he's a mess just like, why would I go to Scott? He's a mess just like me. Why would I go, why would I go over here? That's right, you're, you're the biggest mess I know. I, not because I think so, but Benita told me. And so, <laughs> but here's the thing. Why would I go to, I need to go to the one who created my heart. I need the one, the one who created my soul, the one who made me from my innermost being, who knew me when I was in my mother's womb. I need to go to him. And so do you. So today... I had several other points, but my point is this. We need Jesus. Don't underestimate the need. 
Don't think, you know what, I can coast along and I'll use Jesus when things get really bad. We need Jesus every day. Scripture tells us that our righteousness is like filthy rags. The best you can do without Jesus, well, the best I can do anyway without Jesus, is a mess. I need Jesus. If I offer you nothing else, I want to offer you Jesus. I'm not the smartest one, certainly not the best preacher, you know that. I have plenty of faults of my own. But one thing I do, and I continue to do, is I will point you to Jesus. Always. As our worship team comes forward, I find us coming to a time today of our, of our communion, and if you don't have the communion cup and, and wafer, there are some in the back, and some of our, our ushers could, could help with that as well. You might just raise your hand. They, they'll come and find you if you don't have one. Um, but I like to have us together as a body of Christ. Take of communion. And as you are waiting to receive the elements, or you find yourself there just thinking about what was spoken, if you could just focus this morning on the one who created you, who knows you inside and out, if you could focus this morning on Jesus Christ, and maybe today ask the one who made you from your innermost being to where you find yourself today, Jesus What do you say my greatest need is? Jesus, where would you point to in my life? Let's just take a moment as, as the worship team plays softly. I just want to give you a time to talk to your creator. Just a little bit of time. Let's just bow our heads together in this moment. of us who who know Jesus as our Lord and Savior maybe today we need a refocus a realignment an adjustment maybe there's areas that we have said uh, I, I don't want you anymore in this area of my life Lord you, you are okay over here I want to remind you from scripture that our God says he's a jealous God he wants every bit of you to 
today is your day. For those in our midst today who may not know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I, I want to just ask you to consider making him the Lord of your life. To tell him, you know what, I'm sorry for denying you as our, my creator. Let him know that you're sorry for the sin and, and you're done with the brokenness. You want Jesus. Today's your day. Some of us this morning may have come to this place where we have just come to maybe appreciate a little better our real need that we may have been underestimating. We've been a Christian for so many years, we forgot the cost for us to have this relationship. Realign. Today is your day. Let's stand together. If you're able, if not, you may remain seated. Um, but if you're able, if you would stand. And I want you to take that top cover off. There's two layers, and the first one's clear, not the purple one, but the clear one. Just pull it back, and it'll allow you to get to this wafer. And, and this wafer, it's, it's just something that you can take and put in your mouth. But it's so much more important because of its symbolism. Because it symbolizes your greatest need. Jesus and his body broken for you. The one who hung on the cross because he didn't underestimate your need. He gave everything. So as you take this, we're asked to remember his great sacrifice. So take this in eat and be thankful. You can pull back that next purple cover and that will reveal the, the juice there. Because Jesus did not underestimate our need and because there was a sacrifice that needed to be made the only thing that would cover my sins and your sins was the shedding of blood by a true spotless unblemished perfect lamb Jesus Christ he hung on the cross but before he hung on the cross he was beaten a crown of thorns to mock him because so many at that point were underestimating Jesus and in underestimating him they made a play crown and they pushed it on his head and blood flowed across his face from his back they nailed him to a cross and at the furthest reaching points of his body he bled for you and for me the blood was shed for the forgiveness of my sins and your sins and the sins of this world. So that we can say together in John, with John that for God so loved this world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. 
So take this and drink and praise God for the shedding of his blood. We have these altars here before us. Maybe today you've seen and recognized a need. Maybe you're no longer underestimating your need. Maybe you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and today you want to make this day your day. Please make this your time. Don't miss this opportunity. You're welcome to come to the altar. There will be people here to pray with you. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for the shedding of your, of your blood. We thank you for your body broken. We thank you, God, that you are the answer to our greatest need. Lord, help us never to underestimate. Lord, help us to stand in awe of the beauty of who you are. Lord, help us to sit back and just never, never quit marveling at how great your love and grace and your justice that flows from heaven is. I pray, God, that you will help us to be a people who are grateful, who are thankful, who are rejoicing day by day because we understand that as we walk this narrow way, that we are walking it in the strength of you, our Lord Jesus. Today, bring about a change. And Lord, we want to say thank you, and the best way that we knew how is by just saying, God, I'm yours 100%, and I offer up myself to you because of your willingness to lay down your life for me. I recognize you're my greatest need, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. And together we say in agreement, amen.
died on the cross, he said these final words. He said, it is finished. And here's what that means. Is that divide that has been there and, and, and we had maybe sensed in our life, it's been, it's been bridged. There's no longer a divide between you and God. Jesus has become that mediator. He's become the bridge for you and me. And I tell you what, we should be and all the people in this world, with all the craziness that's going on in this world, we should be the people who are happy and thankful because Jesus has provided a way for you and for me. If this place is my final home, then I'm going to be depressed. But if heaven is my home with Jesus, I tell you what, I have found joy unspeakable, and as the song says, full of glory. Amen. Yes, we give God the praise. Today, I want you to know that you are loved by God. If you have any struggles, I want to just remind you, go to the one who created you. And remember that Jesus loves you. He died for you. Don't underestimate your need. And don't underestimate our Lord. It's the greatest thing. And it's at our and within our hearts. Go today, be dismissed in the grace and love and the joy of the Lord that is really the only strength we have. God bless you. If you're new today, I would love to meet with you if you have a moment before you need to go. Um, but otherwise, may God bless you as you go from this place and into your week. Stay true and stay strong in church. You are dismissed.